welcome to another episode. Today we are talking about IBS, stomach issues, diagnoses, diagnoses of said stomach issues, uh, food poisoning, all kinds of <laughs> lovely things. But the one positive spin that I want to put on this, as someone who is not a part of the IBS club, is that only hot girls have stomach issues. And if you are on TikTok much, you've probably seen the same thing. But um, we've talked about this before, actually. There's this, like, inside joke on the internet that only hot girls have IBS. And uh, I think that applies to Katie and Amy. So that is the (laughs) positive spin that we put on these things that they deal with daily. So um, Amy and Katie are going to take the lead on this one. But I will add in some comments here and there as an outsider and Amy go ahead and get started with your story okay so I first heard it having it was really really minor stomach issues around a senior of college where they were just so minor that I didn't really notice it actually just was being a little more sensitive to alcohol and getting stomach aches a little more easily than I used to how did then you after- Amy how did you realize that you were having like stomach sensitivities to alcohol and it wasn't just like you know how like sometimes you get a stomach you know I I don't think I did at first I think at first I just thought oh like maybe I had a little more than I thought or maybe that alcohol just bothered me or maybe I didn't eat enough drink eat enough food before you know I just I kind of thought it was other things but now in hindsight I can see oh that's when it started like there was kind of a switch where things that didn't that didn't bother me junior year of college suddenly started bothering in senior year. Um, Same way, at kind of the end of senior year, I started to notice that ground beef started to bother me. That was one of the, that was the first, like, thing food-wise that I noticed, which is kind of random. But I know a fair, I know a few people, though, that have, that ground beef bothers them. It felt strange for me, because I feel like we had ground beef a lot growing up. I don't know, but I guess I didn't eat it as much in college, because it's not something I would have cooked for myself. But we'd go out to the Taco Tuesday nights and get the tacos, you know, or I'd have hamburgers and someone would have a barbecue. And I started to notice that bothered me. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I just won't eat that anymore. It's not that big a deal to cut that out. And then, um, you know, kind of like a in 2019, fall 2019, I went out with some girls and I had, I think it was just one hard lemonade and then half of a spritzer. And I had a stomach ache for three or four days. And I thought, that's not normal. I don't think that's a normal response to that. So that's when I um, decided to go and do an endoscopy and just check and see like maybe I have an ulcer or something like that. And so I'm, you know, that's causing me stomach issues. They did an endoscopy, they didn't find anything. And then I kind of just gave up for a little bit and just for the most part stopped drinking or stopped having hardly anything at all. Then flash forward to 2021 and I started having stomach aches a little more often, and they're a little worse, and then I have bloating too, and I kind of just thought it was, oh, it's when I have unhealthy food or have tons and tons of cheese and dairy and that kind of stuff. I'll just eat better. And then I had knee surgery um, twice in 2021 in March and then in May, and a few weeks after I had knee surgery, um, I had, I think it was, what was it, strawberry shortcake, Maddie, with um, whipped cream? And I ate that and I felt so sick afterwards. And usually in the past when I felt sick, I'd feel sick for the night, like that evening or whatever that day. I'd go to sleep, I'd wake up, and I usually felt pretty okay the next day and I was fine. 
I woke up the next day. I still felt awful. I felt awful that whole next day. That next morning, I felt awful. So we went to the doctor, went to the ER because I didn't have a doctor around there. And they didn't really know what to do. They gave me some medication for um, to coat your stomach in case it was an ulcer, the start of one, because I'd had a lot of anti-inflammatory medication. And so for anyone out there that doesn't know this, NSAIDs, that's kind of like, you know, ibuprofen, um, that sort of thing. Aleve, if you take those too much, that can be bad for your stomach, especially if you take them on an empty stomach. So be careful with those kind of things because um, they were worried that maybe I had the very beginnings or the start of an ulcer. So less than 24 hours later, I was back in ER again because I still felt really horrible. And this time it was like two or three in the morning. I had a fever and they, I, and you know, everything just hurt. Like I remember even the blood pressure cuff hurt. Like everything, like it was just like everything was amplified. Everything hurt a lot more. Um, they gave me a couple like, you mean IV and they gave me something to help kind of calm, help calm down the cramping. I think they gave me the shot in my thigh and that's how like, you know, I'm, that did not feel very good. Um, I just remember I was super, super pale and I normally am very pale anyway, but the nurse kind of looked at me and he's like, are I looked at mom and he's like, is she, is she normally this pale? And mom's like, I mean, we're a pretty pale bunch. And he goes, okay. And he looked at me. He's like, cause you look like a vampire. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and at the time he's so like, helpful. but I guess I'm like the vampire. Cause I'm the one taking your blood right now. I was like, yes, I guess so. <laughs> um, so after that, um, they had me on that medication to coat my stomach. And they also did a CAT scan when I was in the ER and they didn't really see anything. So that didn't really give a whole lot of results. So I started seeing a gastroenterologist um, who specializes in, you know, all things digestive. And he decided after hearing all my symptoms, hearing that I had, you know, the bloating, the stomach pain, the cramping feeling in my stomach. And sometimes I would have this, a lot of time I'd have this feeling of trapped air in my chest. And it made me feel like I had to like, I burp a lot to get that air out. And it was horribly uncomfortable what happened. And it would just be constantly like that cycle of feeling trapped air, trying to get it out and then feeling it right there again which I guess is actually a symptom of heartburn. Um, so You're welcome. Hearing... Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Can you tell me that? <laughs> so after all those, um, after hearing all the symptoms and like how it started and what things set it off, he decided he wanted to check for Crohn's disease. And so he did a colonoscopy. Um, as far as that experience goes, the kind of things that you have to, you have to drink this really nasty, like this really kind of like sweet, soury liquid. Um, and you have to drink it really quickly, like, like a lot of liquid pretty quickly. Um, the day before you had your colonoscopy done. And then it just it just makes everything in your system come out. And that's as detailed as I'm going to be about that. Um, but that basically just showed that everything looked pretty healthy for the most part. So I probably did not have Crohn's. It didn't really show what was wrong. So that was like a little... I was very happy to not have Crohn's disease, but it was a little frustrating to not find out much. It um, is frustrating when it's like, great, I don't have this, but now what? Yeah, it's really weird when you're kind of disappointed you don't have an ulcer, but you just right. want to figure out the answer so badly that you're like, no. I was yeah, I think a lot of the time, like that's fairly common with like stomach issues, is it's hard to find the root cause a lot mm -hmm. of the time because so many symptoms are the are the same and can come with a lot of different diagnoses. So the next thing I did is that we did an ultrasound to check my liver and kidneys. Those looked great. It's like okay, good. Then I did a breath test for H. pylori. Um, that also was negative. Is that the and same as the as SIBO, the the small intestinal bacterial? No, H. pylori. H. pylori is something else. I think you okay. get that maybe from like eating something bad. Gotcha. Um, 
Amy, are you going to mention the food poisoning you had in college? Because I always thought that maybe that was like the... I'll get to that, yeah. Um, So then I also um, did a breath test for SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So we have um, bacteria in our intestines naturally. That's normal. You should have bacteria. But for some reason, um, there was, it was out of balance. I had an overgrowth of that. So I did that breath test. It did come back positive. And I remember thinking, oh, yay. Like, I finally figured it out. We're done. Everything's going to be great. And you take uh, antibiotics for that to balance that, you know, kind of get rid of that extra bacteria. And I should have started feeling better. That they did mention that with SIBO, if you are someone who gets diagnosed with SIBO, um, a lot of the time there's a reason you got that overgrowth of bacteria in the first place. Like it could have been a freak thing, but it might mean you have some kind of allergy, you have like Crohn's disease or some other reason why things were not moving properly through your small intestines and allowed that bacteria to have an overgrowth. Mm. So when I got that result, I was hoping, okay, maybe it's just a freak thing. I'll get rid of it and then it'll be fine. And just some symptoms of SIBO in case anyone was wondering, maybe I have that. A lot of time it's um, kind of feeling in pain after anything you eat because it didn't matter what I, how healthy I tried to be. I tried to follow a FODMAP diet. I tried to follow like a BRAT diet, all these different things. It felt like everything hurt to eat. Things that had never, ever bothered me before. I felt kind of awful whether I ate or not. It was really terrible and I was bloated all the time. Those were like the main symptoms for me. Um, so these symptoms didn't really get any better after um, taking the antibiotics. I did a second round of it. Didn't really get any better. I did a co- um, contrast CAT scan. And that also didn't really show much. So nothing new. Um, and then around Christmas time, I was prescribed something called amitriptyline. It's a medication that's used for a lot of things. But it is also used for nerve pain. And also... Um, People take it when they're trying to, like, regrow nerves that have been damaged. And it's also taken for a lot of other things that are not why I'm taking it. Like, it's taken for depression and insomnia and a bunch of other different things. But at this point, my doctor was pretty sure he kind of had a diagnosis. He said, "Um, I think that you damaged some nerves in your small intestine. And I was like, okay, um, how would I have done that? Because I don't want to do it again. And he said, I think that, you know, he's like, that's the million dollar question. It could have been that you got food poisoning really bad. It could have been from a virus. It could have been from alcohol. It could have been from stress. I'm like, great. So like all things I had a million times over in college. Cool. Um, Like once in college, my junior year, I got food poisoning really, really bad. And I was in the um, ER for like, you know, all night long. And I felt awful for like a week or so. And a sushi restaurant and I did actually end up going back to that sushi restaurant so that probably was not the smartest thing but yeah. it's really good um so and you know I drank alcohol in college I had lots of stress and I got you know sick multiple times with different viruses so it's just kind of impossible to know what caused it and I asked him okay so what happens now and he said well the nerves should kind of heal on their own but we want to you know, this medicine kind of will help you feel better and it'll also help those nerves um, kind of regrow a little quicker and help you feel better in the meantime. And that was the first medication because he, he gave me a few different medications to try to help kind of with the symptoms before and nothing had helped. That amitriptyline was the first thing that as soon as I started taking it, I felt so much better. It actually helped a lot. It did not get rid of my symptoms completely, especially it did nothing for the bloating, but it actually helped the pain a lot. So that was amazing. Um, 
So after that, just to make sure that I was completely, you know, gone with the SIBO, the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, I did another test, another breath test, and it was negative. So I did get rid of that. So they did another ultrasound. And honestly, I'm not even sure what this was checking at this point because I had so many different tests. But that one didn't show anything either. Everything. So I look like I'm pretty healthy in most of these things, which is great if I wasn't having all these symptoms. Right. Um, so the doctor said, okay, so I think that it's this, these nerves are damaged. So what I'm going to have you do is change your diet. I want you to cut out. And I was, I'd already cut out um, alcohol. I hadn't had alcohol in over a year, not any. And even before that, for the like past years before that, I maybe had a drink or two every like three months. I mean, like I didn't drink much at all. So I cut that out. I cut out coffee and most caffeine. I cut out carbonated drinks. I cut out most red meats. Um, most like processed and fried foods. Um, so I'd already cut out a lot. And he said, okay, like I want you to cut out dairy and gluten because those are things that are are very inflammatory. They are. They're things that are hard in your stomach. Um, oh, one thing I would mention. So way back before a lot of this happened, back when I got to college, the first thing I did was do an allergy test. And I tested the things that I thought seemed to bother me. And every single one came back negative. So I don't know if I don't think it's necessarily an allergy to these things. I think maybe it's maybe it's a sensitivity, if anything, but it seems like an allergy, you know, that would be like the first thing to try. I feel like to mention I did try that. <laughs> um, so I've been doing gluten free and dairy free since January. And I did notice that it did help. Um, I think at first part of the reason it helped is I was just eating a lot less because I wasn't sure what to eat. Um but I do think if I'm really good about it, it helps. But I also, it's not just gluten-free, dairy-free. It's also things that are not spicy, things that are not um, really processed. I think just like whole like natural foods is the best thing for me. Uh-huh. But at the same time, something will set me off. And I sometimes have no idea why. Like almost every single ingredient in it should be good and it'll still bother me. But I will say that um, things are getting better. It just seems like it's taking a really, really long time. But, you know, nerves grow back kind of slowly. So back in January, right. he told me it could take up to a year or a year and a half from that point in January to get, you know, healed. But he did think that eventually I'd be able to go back to eating all the things I used to eat, you know, having alcohol, dairy, gluten, all that kind of stuff. It would just take time. So I'm still hoping for that. Oh, but good. there's the fact that things seem to be improving even slowly. I'm fine with it. And sometimes when I tell people, oh, I had to cut out gluten and dairy, they say, oh, that sounds terrible. But it's really not. At this point, it was so worth it. I was so tired of feeling sick all the time. Like, giving up certain foods, uh-huh. it didn't feel like that big of a sacrifice. It felt like, great, I'll do it. Let's do it. Right. Um, though I will say, I finally, like, gave in a little bit. I haven't had more than, like, I had, like, a teeniest, tiniest bite of bread on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um, Irish soda bread. But I hadn't had, like, a lot of gluten since January. And then Jade and I went to Cracker Barrel for the first time on Sunday. Oh, they do you don't know. <laughs> they give you biscuits when you're waiting for your food. And we've been waiting for our table for 70 minutes. And those biscuits oh showed my up. Gosh. Yeah, they get you. Because then they have you shop while you're waiting. And it worked. We definitely bought a lot of stuff. So <laughs> those biscuits showed shop? up. You can shop at a Cracker Barrel? They, yeah, they have like a little like, it's almost like a little like boutique store type looking thing. And then, you know, you can shop while you're waiting. And then you go. And get, you know, sit down. So I bought a teapot for grandma and <laughs> we got like a leather writing journal with a horse nut for Jane's grandma. And, you know, we just found all kinds of stuff. Um, 
I almost wanted to buy this magic broom. It's like a Halloween decoration that moves around on its own. But I figured we probably didn't need that with all the other stuff I have. <laughs> but yeah, all kinds of fun things at Cracker Barrel. So I had two biscuits with like honey on them. And it was the most delicious thing. I don't even regret it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. After not having that since January. Oh my yeah, God. it was it was amazing. I don't think a biscuit or any kind of bread has ever tasted so good. Did you but, like really bad stomachache afterwards or not too bad? Um, I mean, my stomach was pretty bloated and it hurt pretty bad later that day. But it was not as horrible as I would have expected, honestly. Have you... Um... Have you tried any, like, making your own, like, gluten-free stuff or anything like that? Not really. I probably should, but I haven't baked a lot just because I don't want to put the effort in and then have it either not taste very good or have it make my stomach kind of bloat and hurt anyway. Yeah, there's Um, a lot of trial and error. I feel like I've done a lot of experimental baking with gluten-free stuff and once I find a good recipe then I just make it a lot so if you want them let me know and I'll send some recipes your way well I think one of my because you mentioned talking about different resources we've had Mm -hmm. going into this and one of my favorite resources has been you Katie because you've already been dealing with this for a while (laughs) so and I'll be like hey what do you do for gluten-free this or that usually you tried out a bunch of crappy ones and can tell me which ones are actually good so that's been really helpful Katie do you do you want to fill people in on what you've kind of been dealing with? Yeah, so I I have had I've had food allergies for a very long time. Like it was probably I don't know, I want to say like third grade or something when I first started realizing like, oh, dairy really bothers me. Um and then it wasn't until I can't remember if it was like late middle school or I think it was high school that I actually finally did like a formal like allergy test. And there were like 26 different things that I'm allergic that I'm that bother me, but like the main top ones are dairy, wheat, soy, eggs, and peanuts. Like those are the ones that really bother me the most. Um, and so those are the ones I really focus on avoiding. Um, and I will say, like, allergen-free foods have come so far, so mm-hmm. so far since I first started avoiding them. Like the gluten-free products I used to be able to find one, you didn't used to be able to find them anywhere in stores. You had to go to like specific health food stores. And even then the selection was really limited. Um, now I can just go to Safeway or Fred Meyer and I can find pretty much everything I'm looking for, which is wonderful. Or if I want something specific, I can order it online. Um, but one, one issue that I have is I was like, you can find gluten-free stuff everywhere. But then it'll be gluten-free, but then it will have dairy in it or it will have eggs in it too. So like I have to, I've had to kind of try lots of different products to find ones that are good that avoid all of those things. So a lot of times it's just been easier to make my own. Um, so I do a lot of, I do a fair amount of baking. Um, and I find a lot of recipes just on Pinterest. Um, I can go ahead and make like my Pinterest boards uh, public and then we can, I can share those in the show notes if people are looking for like gluten-free or allergen-free recipes. Um, and one of my favorite resources as far as um, baking goes, they're called the Loopy Whisk. Um, and then, wait, is that like a website or? The Loopy Whisk, they have like an Instagram site and a Facebook and a Pinterest and they've got like their own social okay. media, but they, they make like different baked goods that are always look just, del- just taste delicious. Um, so 
even when, even though I've identified all these things I'm allergic to and like, I'll get really strict and I'll avoid them a lot. It makes me feel so much better. But like you were saying, Amy, like I'll still have issues. Like my stomach will still hurt. So like I've been to the doctor several times and basically they're just like, well, we think you have IBS. And basically that comes down to like one of the doctors, like sometimes that get used, gets used kind of as a blanket diagnosis when doctors aren't really totally certain what's wrong. <laughs> Uh, but when you do have IBS, a lot of times it does cause or is made worse by inflammation. So in addition to avoiding things I'm allergic to, or you're allergic to, they also also say like, try to have an anti-inflammatory diet. So avoiding processed carbs, dairy, excess sugar, or, um, like fake sugars, like diet sodas or, um, sugar-free chewing gum, that kind of thing. So I, I cut that, those out and I do notice like if I have, if I do go off of it and decide to have gluten, I get my, like my fingers, like my knuckles get puffy and I, oh. I, can, I can kind of like, not super obviously like just looking at them, but I can feel it like when I bend my fingers right, and right. stuff or like, um, so I can definitely tell a difference if I, when I don't avoid it. And then I make sure I take like a probiotics. Um, and one I found mm. that I like is called PB8 probiotics. I know for sure, like stress or anxiety, like, or if I travel, that, I'll get like travel tummy. <laughs> oh. hurt, like when I'm traveling, just because my diet, even if I'm eating stuff, that's okay. It's just different from what I'm used to. And I, I feel like that always affects me. See, isn't that annoying? Like if it's nothing in the food is bad. But it's just like my stomach's like, I don't recognize this. We haven't had this lately. Right. I'm going to go overboard now. <laughs> I'm a member of a bunch of different like gluten-free uh, like social media pages on like Instagram and Facebook. And I'm, I'm one, if you look, a lot of times you'll be able to find gluten-free groups like specific to your area where you live. So I'm oh. in one near where I live. And then people will share like, hey, this restaurant's really great about modifying different things or like this bakery is amazing or the, and they'll share like where they were able to find different things or like someone will say like, hey, I'm trying to make a birthday cake for my kid and I need to avoid this, this and this and then a bunch of people will like either share where they can buy one or they'll send recipe links kind of thing. So mm -hmm. that's like a nice resource to have. Um, I follow this guy called Gluten-Free Street Gang. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and he just posts all these like amazing gluten-free things he tries like all over the country uh and like a lot of times it's like oh that's not local but cool like now I yeah. know if I ever am in such and such a state what to where to find it <laughs> sometimes it's just nice knowing that other people are dealing with the same stuff it is nice. Not there's, alone. there's an account on she I think she's I know for sure she's on Instagram I think she has a TikTok account as well but it's called My IBS Life. I know I've sent oh. you a bunch of videos from her, Amy. Yeah. But she's very relatable. And she always makes, like, funny videos about, like, how it impacts her life. And uh, it is funny. Just like, oh, this feels very oddly specific to me. <laughs> well, that was nice about TikTok. I started searching um, different things about gut health and SIBO and everything. And I actually found quite a few different people on Twitter that also have had SIBO. And that made me feel better, too, kind of seeing what they were going with. And some of them also didn't instantly feel better when they took the antibiotics. So That's I was like, oh, OK, know. like, I'm not alone either. So it was, it's kind of nice that more people are talking about that kind of thing. So you can hear what's worked for them and also just know that 
hey, I'm not the only person that has to coordinate my outfit around whether or not my stomach <laughs> is bloated. You know, really soon after you you had started talking to me about SIBO, I had read an article um, where they interviewed Taraji Henson. And, oh, yeah. And she was talking about how she was diagnosed with that and kind of like what she went through to like mm. get like regain her gut health and everything. And I started like seeing it pop up in all these different places. So I think it's mm-hmm. like fairly common. Well, and after I, um, you know, got sleep and everything, I met like two different people within a couple of months that have also had it. And I thought, is that common or am I just like looking for it now because I had it? But I feel like just gut issues and stomach problems in general are more common than I think. Yeah. Because I'll mention to someone, like we went out recently to an arcade bar and it would come up that I wasn't drinking and people were kind of like, oh, and it was like, no, I'm not pregnant. Like that's what was the instant like thought. And I mentioned like I just have stomach issues. And then as soon as I say that, it's like, oh, my girlfriend has this or oh, my, you know. I don't know why it always seems to be as girls. It's not fair. Like, we're more likely to have these issues. But, you know, I read somewhere. Maybe feel better. Part of it is, be, like, one thing that could be attributed to it is that um, we tend to be much smaller. And so our intestines have to, like, they're much more. It's a difficult journey for everything to exit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just not fair. Um, that I know, like, a lot of times women have issues, like, um, it'll get worse right around their cycle. So like that, like all those hormonal changes can affect things for sure too. Ah, uh, yes, that doesn't help things. I mean, that doesn't help anything. No. But. Um, you know, something that did help me in addition, because in addition to allergy testing was doing like elimination diets. Um, mm. so like maybe you're like, oh, I'm not quite ready to go get allergy testing. Or maybe you did get allergy tested, but you still feel like maybe you have some sensitivities that aren't showing up as a true allergy. A elimination diet can really be helpful. Um, And one that there's a lot of different ones out there. One that's like really mainstream and popular, easy to find resources on is the Whole30 diet. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really have had a lot of success. I found it very helpful. I like it in that it's not meant to be a forever lifestyle change. You're not supposed to just like cut all of these foods out and never have them again. You're supposed to cut them all out and then over the, for 30 days. And then after that time, then slowly start reintroducing things and seeing, okay, what is it that, what group of food or what type of food is it that's bothering you? Um, and so that's, those I think have been really helpful Plus, I, I just like the cookbooks, like the recipes and those are really great. Um, but you can Google other elimination diets, style type diets for different resources and help and that. Those have been really great for me anyways. So that makes me think of um, my last appointment that I had with my doctor. I just asked him a lot of questions about different things that I'd seen either on the internet or heard from other people mm-hmm. that can be helpful for your gut health. And I asked him like, hey, like, is this actually helpful what are, you know, what can I expect from this? First thing I asked him about was L-glutamine, which is something you can just, like, a little powder, you can just add to different things. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to have, like, helpful like, digestive enzymes and different things. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, should I try that? Is that worth trying? He said, yeah, go ahead and try it. It's not going to hurt anything, but don't have high expectations. There's not, like, a ton of research to back it up. I said, okay, aloe vera juice. That's something else I've seen that people asked about. Hmm. He said, honestly, probably not. That's not going to do much. There's nothing to back that up to say that it's going to be good. Okay. Then I said, hey, should I try to cut out soy? Yeah. Which I've thought about, but it's 
in everything. It's difficult to cut out, but it does, yeah. it does make a difference. Like for me anyways, it's that, it, that's something that bothers yeah. me a lot. I asked about that and he said, yeah, I mean, give it a try. I haven't done it yet because I really don't want to, <laughs> but I think that I might. one is actually, it isn't a lot of things, but it's surprisingly, it's probably easier than you think to cut out. Okay. Um, and then I did mention like, Hey, should I do the whole 30 diet? And he did think that was a great thing to try. Yeah. So I do plan to do it. I keep putting it off because that's, I've like been on you like, like all it's... year, like try it. Amy. I know. Like I do, I do want to do it. I just, I'm having a hard time getting myself to do it because it sounds like a lot of work, but it probably won't be that bad. You know, it's um, really the, I think the main thing that was helpful is to like prep yourself ahead of time. So like, I will give you like, go through it. Like they have a whole website where they've got suggested, like they call it whole 30 compliant snacks, mm-hmm. things that all like all go along with it. So it's really easy just to look on there and be like, Oh, these are products I know I can have. I can have this stock up on them beforehand. Um, and then it probably wouldn't even be that bad. It's really not. And then um, also just like, it's one thing is a lot of the recipes are fairly prep intensive. But just, like, chop a ton of veggies ahead of time at the beginning of the week, and that'll, like, save yeah. tons of time. So, like, that's the main thing is just you have to prep ahead of time for the recipes. Um, but they do a couple other things where, like, you'll make one recipe one night that has, mm-hmm. uses, like, ground beef, like, or ground turkey or whatever it is. And then they have you add all different spices, and then they'll do, like, a remix. So, like, they'll have you make, like, double the amount you need for that recipe. Oh. But then, like, the next night, you can use that for, like, one night you can make tacos. One night you can make, like, meatballs or whatever else it is with it. So, like, they have you do I different gotcha. things with it. Um, a couple of the questions I asked things. These are just things that popularly, like, they popped up on TikTok, on the mm-hmm. internet. I mean, just different places when people, when I searched, like, with gut health and trying to help myself. Um, another one was taking a food sensitivity test. So I had kind of, like, mixed responses to that. He said there's really no harm in mm-hmm. doing this. He said, you know, some people, they try it and it does help them. He said, don't pull your hopes on it, though, because it's not always the most accurate, you mm-hmm. know, information. Yeah. Um, I also asked him about apple cider vinegar because I hear a lot of people saying, hey, drinking that or taking that is good. He said that actually is not a bad idea. That can sometimes help. Um, really? I asked was, I asked, is chewing sugar-free gone bad? He said, yes, don't do that. Yeah. So I cut that out. I've cut that out multiple times. Um, You're supposed to di- dilute apple cider vinegar when you drink it, though, right? I do think so, yes. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing stories of, out of it. A lot of people were on that. It was, like, a trend for a while. And I think people were getting, like, acid. Like, it wasn't a good thing. It would probably it, trigger acid reflux. And a lot of, I would think some people would get heartburn or reflux from it. Probably. Yeah, like, I think you have to dilute it with water a bit. Oh, I'm sure. Um, um, I know fermented then, foods are really helpful for a lot of people. For me, yeah. it like, makes me feel worse. I need to avoid them. But some people, fermented foods are great. <laughs> um, so another question that I asked, and this one, it's more specific to me. So obviously check with your own doctor. But when I asked, should I be on a probiotic again? Because that's something I had always heard is good for gut health and you should do it. He said, no, do not take a probiotic. And this probably partly has to do with me having um, SIBO and having an overgrowth bacteria. He said, we don't really want to mess with the bacteria in your gut at all right now. So he said, just don't take anything. Mm. (laughs) So if you do have something like SIBO, maybe don't jump right back on a probiotic. I'd say check first because I assumed, oh, that's a good thing to do. I should get back on one. And he was like very firm with a no, don't do that. Okay. Um, yeah, those are just a few things that I asked him about. I also asked him, could it have something to do with hormonal imbalance? 
imbalance and he didn't seem to think that was the issue for me at least but i know that's the issue for some people mm-hmm. um but he said that it, it's less likely to be the main issue based on what my symptoms were so okay i know um like some people will struggle with like stomach cramping um and magnesium is supposed to be helpful with that just taking magnesium supplement like i take that already just because i clench my jaw and I, it's supposed to help with like that just kind of it's just a very very mild muscle relaxant but that sometimes mm. can be helpful for people. So yesterday I had a horrible headache. Like, I don't know. It was awful. And Jaden read that. So I ate a banana. I don't know if it helped or not. But I've heard so many good things about taking magnesium supplements and zinc. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, take, I do take zinc and magnesium every day. Katie, do you take like a bunch of individual ones or do you have like a... Well, I take a, I take a multivitamin that has zinc in it, but I take magnesium and vitamin D uh, individually. And the vitamin D is because you're breastfeeding, right? Uh, yes, but I started taking vitamin D probably, I don't know, a couple years ago because I had a vitamin D deficiency. Sometimes mm. I'm not sure if I should get checked for that because, you know, in the winter when you have, like, you're sad because the seasonal depression mm-hmm. did I tell you how I told Aaron I was like man I think I might I think like I might have that like I am so affected by the weather and he goes I've been pretty sure you've had that for a few years yeah <laughs> I feel like everyone to a certain extent has it but maybe not maybe yeah. some people I don't know I know some people love like the rain and stuff but it makes me so sad mm-hmm. so but- in Alaska vitamin D deficiency is a huge problem Mm. and almost they did like studies that I, it was like almost everyone in alaska was very vitamin d deficient oh wow but a lot of the time when soldiers um you know they go into the doctor like reporting like depression or a type of chaplain the first thing they do is they send them over and then like get you like get tested for vitamin d deficiency wow and they're always super deficient in vitamin d and I'm not saying that's the cause of all their problems or anything, but sometimes they get them started out on, like, they start taking, like, crazy levels of vitamin D, like, supplements to, like, you know, bolt that back up. And a lot of times, it's a huge difference. So wow. if you're in Alaska or someplace that is very overcast, you probably need to be taking some kind of West vitamin side D. of Washington State. I know, it's like, yes. cough, cough, Seattle. <laughs> yeah, you probably need to be taking some sort of um, vitamin D supplement because it affects a lot of things, not just your mood. Like, it can have a lot of other issues, too. Yeah. So... That vitamin D is really important. <laughs> you know, Amy, some things that I was kind of thinking, like staples that I keep in my house that, like, just make dealing with food allergies easier. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one easy thing I use is, like, coconut aminos. So I use those instead mm-hmm. of soy sauce, just straight, even trade anytime there's a recipe or I want to add it to food. And I don't notice any difference at all. I just had coconut aminos tonight because... <laughs> I'm like, see, that was another thing that I was like, what do I do with no soy sauce? And you were like, I can help. Um, <laughs> I got this. We got um, sushi from the commissary on base. It's actually pretty good. And I dip it in coconut aminos instead of soy sauce. And it's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I always have that now, too. After your food poisoning incident, I'm so surprised you're able to eat sushi at all. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things to eat that did not I, like I didn't have it for quite a few months after that and then I was like right back to having it all the time <laughs> but it's cooked sushi isn't it or do sure. you get raw you get raw sushi too so at restaurants I do I don't know yes. if that's the best that's idea I, I probably shouldn't mom's not gonna like this but <laughs> it's so good 
We went to an all-you-can-eat sushi place the other night, and that was really fun. Was it like the kind with the conveyor belt that goes around and around? It wasn't. I want to go to one of those someday, but it was like they just give you a menu, and they just when they come over, you order whatever, and if they come by again, you order more. And we got, I think, like five rolls and a couple appetizers and some soup for like 40 bucks. It was crazy. Sushi goes down really easy, and you can eat a lot of it really quickly. But we did go to one of the one of the ones where the conveyor belt goes around but i don't like it as much because unless you're watching the person making it and you time it to like okay he just made that i'm gonna grab that one you don't know how long it's been going around and around and i don't know yeah yeah and i don't like the idea of it being out on the conveyor belt very long i don't know that's actually a really good point (laughs) yeah and so it was like i'd watch him make one and then be like that's mine don't anybody take that (laughs) (laughs) Dips on that one. Yeah. Well, uh, condiments and, like, sauces are something that a lot of times, like, allergens are hidden in. Like, there's wheat added to just weird things and soy mm-hmm. and things you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess. Primal Kitchen is a brand that I found that I can find most. Like, I can – I found, like, a teriyaki sauce, and they make different – like, they make, like, ranch and different dips and things that um, – Oh. Wait, they have ranch you can have? Yeah, I found, like, dairy-free. That one I didn't like as much, but the oh. teriyaki sauce I like a lot. I was going to say, that would be a game-changer, because pizza with no cheese and also no ranch is a bit of a bummer. But well, if I had ranch, you know, that would help. what I found is uh, pizza without cheese, you're right, is not good. But if you use barbecue sauce instead of red sauce, it doesn't get as dried out and it tastes better. Hmm. Also, uh, um, the non-dairy cheese that they put on pizza at, like, a, you know, Papa Murphy's and Pizza Hut and stuff... It does not taste like something you should put in your mouth. Like no, no. It, it, it tastes like like the texture is all wrong. The consistency feels like melted plastic. It's, it's just very bad. bad. Very, very bad. So bad. It made me feel way worse than I think even real dairy would. Like yes. it was it's just wrong. I agree. It's very bad. Um I have found vegan mayonnaise, which sounds like it would be gross and weird, but it tastes totally fine. And like I've used it in like pasta salads and on like and on burgers and all kinds of stuff. And, I mean, Aaron uses it and doesn't even, like, he said it just tastes like normal mayonnaise, so. Oh, well, I feel especially if you like, it's mixed in something like a pasta salad, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. That's um, great. But, like, other things I keep on hand, like, always, there's always gluten-free pasta in my house. Same I was thing. The it same tastes thing. just fine. I always have gluten-free pasta, too, because it's something that I, I don't mind. Jaden doesn't mind either. It's so yeah. similar. It's fine. Or, like, any, or, like, other grains I can have. Like, I eat a lot of rice and polenta, like, those mm-hmm. are easy. And then, like, I can have any pro, like, I don't have the same, like, ground beef issues you do, but I can have any protein I want. Um, so it's not hard to, like, people always say, like, what do you eat? What What is there that you can't eat? And it's really not that hard to find things I can eat. It's just very difficult unless it's, I make it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very difficult to, like, eat out or find something that's pre-made. What um, are some places that, like, home, eating out, what are some places that eating out you've found that you can find things? Well, like, if I go to a steakhouse, it's usually pretty easy. Mm, Um, It's not hard to find, like, you know, like, roasted chicken or a piece of steak or pork chops, whatever it is. Like, you know, I just ask, like, hey, can you not put butter on it or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have celiac disease. So, like, that's very different in that, Mm -hmm. like... If I eat wheat, I have it like I have a I can get a, I gotta get a stomach ache, but it's not like a life threatening. Like if there's a little tiny bit like added to you same know, here a marinade, you don't have to worry about like contaminants. Yeah, in the same way. 
So um, that so- is very, very different. But like, I can always get like a piece of protein and then I'll get like a side yeah. of rice or like steamed veggies or whatever it is. Like that's usually pretty easy or you can pretty much always find like a salad and I'll just have them leave the cheese mm-hmm. off kind of thing. Um, yeah, sit down restaurants. I feel like it's a little easier for me to find something because, like you said, you can get a salad or you can get yeah. protein. There's things you can get. What was harder for me was when we did a road trip like, across the country. Yes. And we didn't have time to stop and eat at a sit down restaurant every time we wanted to grab lunch. Yeah. So for me, my I found the places that were the best for me was any place that makes like smoothies with Jamba Juice was wonderful and also get their uh, acai bowls or um, Panera. Panera actually had um, quite a few things that were I could have. And what was nice about Panera is that you can customize it really easily. Like you were saying, with uh, fast food places, a lot of times it is really difficult. But most of them have um, websites. And if you go onto it, you can look. They all have the nutrition information listed. And a lot of them, you can even, like, select what allergens you have. And then it'll, like, automatically pop up with what's on their menu that you can have. So if you go to their actual website and look at the ingredients listed on the things, it's usually pretty easy. And I've noticed, um, I think like Chick-fil-A kind of started the trend with like the naked nuggets, like without breading on them. But I've seen those like Dairy Queen has them now. I think Wendy's has them. So like you can find grilled chicken um, at a lot of places now too. Oh, and Olive Garden's gluten-free pasta. It like, it tasted so good. I thought it was the normal pasta. I had double checks. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's only, like, one kind of pasta sauce I could have, just the marinara. But, like, still, the noodles, the noodles were very, like, they were good. Yeah, that's nice. Not having the breadsticks was a bit of a bummer, but. Oh, that is a bummer. I know. See, I don't usually mind it until I'm presented with a situation where it's, like, right in front of me and I can't have it. (laughs) Right. Usually it's fine until then, and then I get a little sad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make, like, a document that has all of these different brands of, like, my favorite brand of bread, my favorite brand of cracker, like, because it does, it takes a long time. And like allergen free food is expensive. So mm-hmm. it's annoying to buy something and then have it just be awful. So I am going to go, I'll go through and I'll make like a document of all of the like stuff I have tried that is actually good and that we can link people to so they can actually go look at it. And That'd be wonderful because find. the first time I tried to buy gluten free, um, like ego type things, it was so <laughs> disgusting. I didn't even eat it, and I just wasted the whole... The box just sat in the freezer for a long time until I finally admitted I was never going to eat it and threw it away. (laughs) Have you found anything... I know something, like, people will say, like, oh, like, try yoga, and it sounds so, like... It's not... Obviously, it's not going to make all of your problems go away, but when I actually truly take the time to slow down and do yoga, it does help me feel like my stomach feels so much better and I know a big reason for that is because a lot of my stomach issues are like stress or anxiety induced and just doing yoga actually like and that mindfulness helps a lot let me just like calm down I would also believe that because when I'm stressed out I can physically feel the reaction in my stomach like I can which is so annoying. Like, you're already anxious or stressed about something. It's not fair you get to have a tummy ache because of it, too. Right. I don't need this anxious tummy to go but, along with it. Yeah. So, I had to just tell myself whenever we're doing something stressful, like, we moved across the country, you know? Like, yeah. all these, we were selling our house, all these very different things. I had to tell myself, like, well, just don't be stressed. <laughs> like, which is a lot easier said than done. Definitely. Just, like, just can't worry about it. It's all going to be fine. 
I found though that it helps with like stress and like that mindfulness, but also just like different positions can just help a lot with as far as like blood flow and like you're mm. helping your digestion and everything too. Like, I believe it. Even just exercise in general, like running, I I find that that helps me like, a lot too. Like if I've been going for yeah. walks and running and like getting exercise regularly, that makes a big difference with exercise. My definitely helps, and so for me to sleep, like if I can get enough sleep at night, that helps a lot too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think sleep just helps with everything, but it does seem to help with that too. Yeah. Sleep and exercise and eating right. Like all those things that they've told you are good for you forever. They actually are. Hmm, Maybe the no sleep thing. Maybe that could be why my stomach's been flaring up a bit lately. (laughs) It's probably not helping. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that exercise is important too and it's not like a magical fix I remember like for a while there I'd gone to the gym every single day for like two and a half weeks and I was eating really good and I I was thinking like I feel like I should feel perfect I've cut out gluten and dairy and alcohol and caffeine and coffee and all these different things like exercise. I should feel wonderful I've cut out all the foods that cause me joy yeah <laughs> like at this point I should feel really 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 good yeah like what's a treat for you now um, I really like my Lara bars. I knew you were gonna made <laughs> from okay, but I have one that's flavor is chocolate chip cookie dough. Um, I think it's made with like dates and cashews, and it has some semi sweet chocolate that's made with cocoa butter and all this different stuff. Um, cocoa butter, I don't know, but it's all completely natural. Like it's all really natural ingredients. It's like apples, dates, right? Cashews and stuff. So I don't usually, they don't usually ever bother me, which is another thing Katie recommended. So thanks, Katie. <laughs> and yeah, because I started out eating the Kind Bars, which were really good. And I don't think there's anything like wrong with them, but they kind of bothered me. I think it's because they do have a few things that are added. And uh, the Lara Bars were just a bit more, I guess, natural or I'm closer to whole food. So that is my dessert a lot of times. Um, That's upsetting. I, to me, it's not. I think they taste delicious. They have a bunch of chocolate in them, and I think they're really good. Well, if you and have, I don't like. I also, I also really like having like the Lara bar. Or no, the, I mean the um, sweet Lebron cookies that are gluten free, dairy free. Okay, those, those okay. are good. So good. Yeah, those are really good. But only the problem is, is if I have those too often or have too many of them, I still they make me feel a little gross if I have too much. More so like any cookie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if I have them very often. So like I have those now and then. Those are more like a special. Like if people are over, I'll make them. Yeah, other people like those too. Like they're, I mean, that's the kind of thing that like I wish when I first was starting on this, trying to figure out like what I could and couldn't eat. Like back in high school, like it would have been so nice if there were those kind of things. Like even Oreos have gluten free options now, right? Yeah, the first time I like bought the Oreo, the gluten free ones, I was eating those a little too much. I had to cut myself off. We don't <laughs> buy gluten free Oreos anymore. <laughs> it became they make a double stuff one now. Stuff gluten free Oreos now. No, I didn't need to know that, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's pretty much all the main takeaways I have. Um, I, I guess one last thing is that a lot of time for me, even something that is a good food, anything in excess, like if I have a lot of it, can be a problem. Mm-hmm. So I try to not have any one thing, like a crazy, crazy amount. Because I think sometimes just having too much of something can end up being kind of bad, even if it's a healthy thing. I think something I wanted to kind of bring up too is that like I know you've been to so many different doctors and specialists and I've I've been many times too, is that it can get really disheartening and feel like mm-hmm. it can be really hard too sometimes because I felt like sometimes it almost seemed like 
they were dismissive. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I would say, you know, like make the time to keep going to diff- keep, if you're not getting answers, keep trying, keep looking. Yeah. It's worth it. Um, and I will make sure I'll have that, like that resource, all those like, um, Products I love, some of my favorite recipes, different places I go to find those. And I'll have all that linked so that um, they're available for people to access. Mm-hmm. I actually had a really specific instance like that where I'd been seeing this doctor, the specialist, you know, and then he wasn't available. And they said, do you want to schedule an appointment with another person um, from his, like, team? And I said, okay, mm-hmm. sure. And that was her. And she was so negative. And I tried to say, hey, like, my doctor, you know, he said, we're going to do this test next. And she said, oh, I don't think so. And I remember her using the phrase like, oh, because it, it can be so upsetting when we can't help people. Because I kind of was like, what are we going to do next? And she wasn't like giving me any information. And I, she could tell I was getting emotional and getting upset because I was in like a lot of pain at the time. And she said that. And I thought, what the heck are you saying? I'm unhelpable. Like, are you saying this is just how it's going to be? I mean, the whole encounter was just really negative and really yeah I'm sorry you and I, that. that's awful I like cried afterwards because I thought she was kind of just saying like I don't know it was just a really really negative appointment and after that when I, I talked to the like you know the scheduling assistants I said I do not want to see her again I want to go back to my doctor like I don't want yeah. you know and then when I saw him next I mentioned those like tests again he said yep we're gonna do those and start talking about all these different things we're going to try. And I thought, what the heck? <laughs> like, I'm so other... glad that you went back to him and, like, she no, wasn't your like, first, like, experience. Yeah, like, as soon as I had that kind of encounter with her, I thought, all right, like, she's not going to do anything for me. She's not saying the same things he said. I'm not accepting this. Like, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. I'm not going to be like this forever. So Way if to someone advocate says for something yourself. like that to you, yeah, if someone, if someone says like, something like that to you, go to someone else. Like, don't settle for that. <laughs> I know it can be a lot of work and really time-consuming getting all those tests done because for a while there, I felt like I was just going to the doctor all the time. Right. But it's worth it. It's so worth feeling better. Definitely. I'm really glad that you are getting answers and that you're feeling better because it felt like for a long time it was just like test after test with no like answers yet. So it's good yeah. that you, you kept on until you got some actual results. I definitely have to remind myself, like, how it used to feel because there are times I'll get frustrated when I don't feel very good and I have a stomach ache. And then I'm like, okay, but remember what it used to be like. <laughs> like right. This is like better. What if you this would, isn't great, but it's better. You would Snapchat me pictures of your stomach when you were super bloated and you look, you were like, I look pregnant. Yep. That still happens now and then. <laughs> well, but you're going to be, you're going to be really cute pregnant though. So at least oh, you already okay. know that. <laughs> Well, at least I already have a lot of clothes that'll work when I'm pregnant. Or so for a while there, my stomach was super bloated every single like day without fail, no matter what I did. And I think that was especially when I had the SIBO. And I had to get really good about finding clothes that would hide that because I really did look pregnant. So when I am pregnant, no one's gonna know until I want them to know. Like I'm gonna be able to hide that really, really <laughs> well. I have the wardrobe. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just bloated, and everyone would believe you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you have tummy troubles, you're not alone. <laughs> you're probably super hot. Yep, that's you. Price you pay for being so hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, did either of you have any like embarrassing stomach stories, like where you had like? Because I know that <laughs> maybe it's bad, but those kind of stories always make me laugh. You know, I don't know <laughs> if it's like, um, 
IBS specific or if it's like runner specific because a lot of runners have some like issues like you start running and it increases blood flow to your intestines and like suddenly you gotta go and wherever you happen (laughs) to be that's where you are so there have been a few like close calls where it's like oh no (laughs) what am I gonna do or like I remember cross country in high school this it happened to me I remember it happened to one of my one of our friends, like, we just had to go in the middle of the orchard because there was no other options. Like, oh, those kind of things have definitely happened. Did you, like, what did you, did you just use a leaf or something? Well, okay, so <laughs> the orchard story was not me. Me, I was hiking, and it was like, oh, you know, like, so this is lesson learned. Like, even if you think it's going to be a short hike or you don't think it's going to be that long run, like, you bring toilet paper with you, okay? Katie, was I with you when you were hiking? Because I think this happened when we were snowshoeing. No, I just had a pee when we were snowshoeing. Not the same thing. Very different. No. Aaron and I were hiking, and I was like, oh, it's not going to be a very long hike. It's fine. Well, it wasn't fine. So, yes, I did have to use a leaf. But you know what? (laughs) I felt like a true mountain woman because of it. (laughs) Very at one with nature. Just make sure you know your plants. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't use poison ivy or anything. Leaves of three, (laughs) leave them be. This is making me okay. I don't know if this is like a funny story or a gross one. Um, so there were a lot of there were a few other tests I didn't mention. Like I did a lot of blood, like blood labs. I got my blood drawn more times than I can count. Lots of other things trying to get this figured out too. I just mentioned the big ones. Um, but one more thing that is unique to those stomach problems is that sometimes they'll ask for a stool sample, <laughs> and when they ask for that thing, they don't like have you just go do that right then. They have you take a little jar home with you, and then they give you a nice little like. <laughs> scooper that time katie called me and she's like hey and i was like hey can we talk later and you were like what are you doing (laughs) well if you must know (laughs) i was like "Mm, talk to you later katie (laughs) but i was glad it was you that called so i'm pretty sure you like understood (laughs) i did i was nice i just could tell that something awkward was happening because you're like "Mm, well i need to go I can't talk right now. Amy, why did you even answer the phone? <laughs> I don't know. I have a really hard time not answering the phone when people call me. I feel like it's rude. So what do you mean? Like you don't answer all the time. time when I call you. That's probably because I like, don't have my phone with me or something. You like, answered answer Katie. You were taking a stool sample and you literally took <laughs> Katie calls. But then I call and you two, you, you just don't want to answer me? What the heck? Okay, that's, <laughs> Maddie, you don't answer the phone all the time when I call you. Maybe, who knows, maybe I answered because I knew Katie would understand. I don't know, but I'm... (laughs) I would have been been understanding, Amy. You could have called me. Well, Maddie, you didn't happen to call me at that moment. (laughs) I wasn't going to intentionally call anybody. It was more like, well, (laughs) phone's ringing. (laughs) Might as well answer. Um, On that note... (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. We're all human, we all do it. We just don't all have to put it into a jar. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Hope it wasn't during dinner. Yeah, please make sure to subscribe. Don't forget to and rate and review our podcast. It's, we really appreciate it. It helps us a lot. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Feel free to send us any of your um, embarrassing stories. Oh, yes. We'd love make to share us feel them better. anonymously, of course, in our story. Of course. Well, thank you and good night. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> bye.